Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. We are back with another edition of the BSN Rams podcast. It is Thursday, September 12th, though you might be listening to this on Friday because we are recording this a little bit later than usual. Try to record these in the early afternoon when possible. That way you can get them out, or I can get them out, I should say, in the evening for you guys to listen to. Uh, Just a busy day dealing with a lot of CSU hoops news. If you followed what was going on 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 the website uh, a lot of lot of traction on the recruiting trail for Nico Medved and company. Rams already picked up a verbal commitment from Isaiah Rivera earlier in the week. Based on what my sources are telling me, CSU is going to land another verbal shortly. I mean, I don't want to spoil the kids' thunder. I, I'd like them to announce it on their own terms. I know you see a lot of reporters on Twitter, breaking recruiting stuff, uh, not necessarily my forte, but I do want to keep everyone up to date with what's going on when I can, uh, trying to provide the most intensive CSU basketball coverage possible. They're going to start practice here in a couple weeks, so I'm really excited to see some of these young guys in action, Isaiah Allen, David Roddy. We've talked so much about these young guys and what we think they can be over the next couple of years, especially paired with you know, Kendall Moore, Adam Thistlewood, both of them will be back for their sophomore seasons. So positive things brewing on CSU basketball. Highly recommend you check that article out if you haven't. But we are mostly going to be talking football today. I know uh talked a little bit of CSU volleyball yesterday. Good to have Ethan Bird, BSN intern on the podcast. But yeah, football coming up. I think it's about time we focus on what the Rams need to do offensively in order to come away with an upset win this weekend. This is a winnable game. I know that sounds weird to say, 
just one coming off of a three and nine season everybody was so down on csu at this point you know last year and that that makes sense i mean like you can't really blame them but arkansas isn't exactly the definition of consistency either they have stumbled out of the gate a little bit uh starting to find their groove a little bit with nick starkle at quarterback bobo pointed that out went back and looked at it and, and the offense definitely did look better with him under center so we'll see what they're cooking with but i think this is as winnable of a of a game as it gets at least in terms of going to sec country one of the things i wrote about today is just you know some of the other power five matchups of bobo's tenure the rams competed pretty well at alabama a couple times obviously got stomped at florida but when you go into a game against number one alabama you don't you don't genuinely believe that you can win the game. I know you're going to say that because what it, it's not like Mike Bobo could have gone into that game and been like, oh, yeah, we're going to go down to Tuscaloosa and hopefully they don't murder us. I mean, you, you can't say that. So, yes, they're going to say, like, it's a business trip. We go into every game expecting to win, yada, yada, yada. Coach speak, coach speak, normal football talk. That's all fine and well. I want my coach saying that. I want my players saying that. But deep down in your hearts, when you go down and you face the number one team in the country, you're not really feeling like you could win. Now, the game could always play out that way. You're going to try hard. You're going to give it your all. But the talent gap is just so significant. I'm not so sure that's the case with this CSU-Arkansas matchup. I think if you're going best for best, these teams are, you know, not that not that different. Arkansas probably has more depth than CSU does. That's the benefit of being an SEC program, SEC resources, and all the perks that come with it. Uh, when it comes to recruiting, you're just able to build a roster that's so deep. Guys that would would be starting other places, likely, you know, second stringers, maybe even third stringers, depending on how good your program is. This is a game where you know the skill guys. They're as good. I've talked, you know, a lot about Rakeem Boyd, Arkansas running back, Nick Nick Starkle, their quarterback. They've got some guys. They've got some some mojo going, and I think they will put up some points against CSU this week, though I do expect a competent defensive effort. I don't think it's going to be anything like that Florida game. I really do think it's going to be competitive. I'm not sure what the line will, will end up being. It's been flirting around 10 for most of the week, but I think it's going to be competitive. I think this is a winnable game. So with that in mind, let's talk about what CSU needs to do offensively in order to steal a win over the Hogs. They already have one. Mike Bobo 7-1 in his career against Arkansas. Maybe he'll go 8-1. and one. You never know. Uh, but if they're going to do that, how this, this is these are a, a few of the factors that I think will come into play. Number one, you got to continue to protect Colin Hillwell. The offensive line, really, they, they've outperformed expectations for the first two games. They've done a nice job of giving Colin enough time to progress through his reads, which he's done a nice job of doing as well, and just kind of taking what the defense gives. If you are able to protect your quarterback, I think the offense is going to be able to move the ball a little bit. The The Hogs defense, they have you know more size and speed than than most of the teams you're going to face in the Mountain West, but there are some holes there, and I think you can really take advantage, especially with your your talented guys, you know, Warren Jackson, Dante Wright, the tight ends and the running backs, et cetera, et cetera. Listed quite a few people there more than I intended to. 
but Warren Jackson, I think, in particular, needs to have a big game if CSU is going to come away with an upset. They've they've got him steadily involved in the offense over the first two games. Currently has 15 receptions for 142 yards, one touchdown on the year. That's only in the first two games. He had 15 catches his entire freshman year. Uh, had 32 last year, so almost halfway there. Only two games into the season. It's it's not surprising. I mean, even going into the year, Colin talked about how he really only had established chemistry with Warren and then Brendan Fulton a little bit just from working in practice and stuff, uh, scout team stuff a couple years ago, and then just backup stuff last year. But if if you're gonna win, I think Warren has to to have a big game. He he showed out, you know, in Tuscaloosa in 2017 as a true freshman, two touchdowns that game, but. This could be, you know, the Warren Jackson game if 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 you get what I'm saying. I mean, they when you get Warren involved, one, it's going to open up your entire offense. It helps you just keep that secondary at bay because he's such a vertical threat at any point. He can beat you over the top. He runs a lot better than he he maybe looks like when you look at him at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he's athletic. He's just so tall. You wouldn't necessarily Imagine that he he's as fast as he is, but he really does run well. He's become a, a much improved route runner, and as PFF pointed out, he he has really sure hands. He has no drops at this point in the first two games. I know he did have a fumble against Western Illinois. Didn't really tuck it, but overall, he's been really consistent. Look for him to be a big factor if CSU is able to win this game. Another another big factor, and and this this is a little bit obvious. It, it run the football well. I know you may be thinking like, oh, if you throw the ball to Warren Jackson and you run the football well, you you could win, of course, duh. But sometimes it really is that simple. Arkansas giving up 156 yards per game on the ground. I think the Rams need to aim for like 175, maybe 200 if they really want to put themselves in a good position to win. If they do that, I think that would be a sign of just being a really balanced attack. I think Collins going to be able to throw the ball, I think, you're going to be able to do a little bit through the air. Big question mark, are you going to be able to create those running lanes for the running backs and and get them involved? Ideally, in this game, you're going to get 75 yards at least out of Marvin Kinsey and Marcus McElroy each. McElroy kind of stumbled out of the gate a little bit. Uh, he's been battling with, a, with an ankle injury. It's really limited what he's been able to do in these first two games, limited how much the staff has been able to feature him. And it's resulted in in some of the freshman backs getting some playing time, which is going to be good ultimately down the line. But I do know that they want Marcus McElroy to be that guy. The staff's talked about so much what he brings to the table. He's got great size. He's so strong, uh, runs incredibly physical. He's a guy that doesn't shy away from contact. He will drop the shoulder and run through you. And he's another guy that just runs a lot better than you would guess. I mean, he is so strong. When you look at this dude, you look at his legs just sheer muscle. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to see him healthy and, and in the mix. I, I, I think you're going to continue to get good production out of Marvin Kinsey. He's been huge, particularly as a passing option out of the backfield, had a couple of touchdowns, uh, both plays on third down actually against Western Illinois. So that that's huge for one, keeping drives alive. And last week it was huge for putting points on the board, but He's he's a great athlete. He's explosive. He can he can do tremendous things for this offense. But I do I do think you need to get Marcus McElroy 
involved. Hope, hopefully they're able to do it this weekend. And then, you know, one last one, and this is another slightly obvious key, but limit the turnovers, man. It's been it's been a little bit rough in the first couple of games. Minus five in the turnover margin, uh, three total fumbles against Western Illinois. Only lost two of them, but just to, to see them put the ball on the ground that many times, it was definitely disappointing. I think McElroy's the helmet just kind of got on it, and it was just kind of the right place at the right time for the defense. Warren needs to get the ball tucked better on his, but as I said before, he's been incredibly consistent all year. I, I don't foresee that being an issue with him moving forward. Colin Hill really, I mean, he didn't have any turnovers last week either, so I know, I know he had three in the first game, but you you got to find a way to to protect the football when you're when you're the underdogs. You can't afford to give away possessions, especially in a hostile SEC environment. Really, this is a game where you you can't even afford to to come out even in the turnover margin. I think you need to be on the plus side. You need to find a way to create some momentum. We're mostly talking about offense here because we talked about defense the other day, but you do need to win the turnover margin so desperately in this game. Find a way to get a strip sack or or recover a muffed punt or, you know, ideally get an interception. CSU has no interceptions in the first two games. Part of that was Western Illinois really just didn't have time to throw the football down the field in that game. I mean, the, the defensive line was so brilliant, so consistent in that game. And and that's going to be another factor, as we talked about earlier in the game, as I wrote about as well. But win the battle for turnovers. That's It's so huge in a game like this. It's so big for swinging momentum. And it's just going to be a big factor, I think, if CSU is ultimately able to win this game. But we are going to take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor. But when we come back, we are going to talk about what happened on this date uh, four years ago. So, yeah, a lot of fun. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, But for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As I teased a little bit before the break, we are just going to go over a little what happened on this date in CSU football history. And what happened on this date in CSU football history is the Minnesota Gophers came to town on on September 12th, 2015. The Rams hosted the Minnesota Gophers in what was the first of a home-and-home between the two programs. The first of two really fun games, if we're being honest, I think. These are games that CSU fans can look back on fondly, despite the fact that the Rams didn't ultimately win either one of the one of <laughs> they didn't ultimately win either one of those games. That was a little bit of a, a tongue twister there. But on this first game, Rams lose twenty three twenty in overtime. But 
really competitive overall and and one that that didn't look like it was going to be a good game to be honest. I mean, Nick Stevens got picked off on the first play of the game. There was a touchback and then literally the first play of the game Nick Stevens intercepted. So you're you're feeling like it's a gut punch. You're feeling like oh man, here we go. Big 10 team going to going to lay the wood down, but that's not what ultimately happened. This was competitive throughout, almost almost identical basically even time of possession CSU slightly above like literally 30 seconds 30 minutes to 29 and a half seconds so really really competitive game what it ultimately killed CSU in this game uh, what's really killed CSU in a lot of big games has been uh, turnovers the Rams turned the football over four times in this game Nick Stevens got picked off twice Daylon Dawkins turnover ended up being the the final nail in CSU's coffin, he got stripped in overtime. Minnesota kicks a field goal game over, which the, the way it ended, def- definitely a real low blow, similar to that Boise State game where you have Rashad Body getting stripped and then just like, man, we're going to lose. Uh, so a gut punch at, at the very end, but overall I think this was just a good experience. I actually... I thought about this game because of a Facebook memory. I saw a picture that I, I posted it on Twitter, but a picture of me and some Minnesota Gopher fans. I think they were part of the Minnesota marching band, actually. But they they came out for the game, uh, came out to support their Gophers, and I, me, my roommates, some of my friends, we ended up hanging out with them in the stands uh, at Hughes Stadium that entire game. You know, I don't I don't know any of their names. I didn't get their Instagrams or anything like that. But I will always think of those Minnesota fans forever. It's just one of the the really positive memories I have from attending a football game as a student. I actually was an assistant for CSU football at the time, but not working that particular game day. Got to, to watch it with my friends, my grandparents who are from Minnesota, came down for the game, got to see them. So really just a, a great experience. It's obviously rare for a, for a Big Ten team to travel to a Mountain West stadium, so I knew at the time that it was a, a rare thing and I was stoked for it and it was a great day. It was beautiful Fort Collins Saturday afternoon. Tough to ask for much better than that other than, you know, obviously getting a win. That would have been made that would have been the old the just the final cherry on top, but still when I look back on this game, mostly positive memories. I hope that you guys do too. Uh if if you were at this game, you know, tweet at me, let me know some of your positive memories, but hopefully CSU can get that signature win over a Power 5 team. There haven't been many of them in the Mike Bobo era. The two that have happened both at home, upsetting Arkansas last year, obviously, and then upsetting, well, I don't really know if it was an upset, but but beating Oregon State in the home opener at Canvas Stadium, not even called Canvas Stadium at the time, actually. That was before Canvas had the deal with the stadium, but Arkansas, big game for CSU this weekend. Looking forward to seeing how it plays out. We are going to wrap up the show here with uh, just some highlights from that Minnesota game, though, just to kind of reminisce. And a quick give. Dawkins broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, breaking loose. Midfield to 45, inside the 40, inside the 35, and Daylon Dawkins down to the 34-yard line. Second down and six. Stevens on a handoff, a hole, up the middle, wide open, touchdown Dawkins!
throw a wide receiver screen. It's caught by the tight end, Wolotowski, who is tripped up and down. Short gain on the play, Preston Hodges. It throws out of the backfield, oh, it's to the tight end for the first down. Driving forward out to the 17-yard line is Brandon Lingen, a sophomore tight end, a gain of nine. Out of the pistol, Stevens square out, near side, ball caught high above his head, brought down on the sideline by Sammy Long. Gophers, they throw on a slant, left side, ball caught, 33-yard line. That will give it off to the running back, Dalen Dawkins, spins to the 40, to the 42, got about seven on the play, clock running, and the Rams will make no attempt, blow it a moment or two too late. Slant over the middle for a first down. That was a brilliantly thrown ball by Nick Stevens to Sammy Long pocket throws on the right side ball caught by Williams that's a first down to the 38 yard line Rams keep control get a little momentum their way Dr. Frank always a pleasure they give it off to Dawkins who drives forward and nowhere to go hit behind the line that tough minutes and here's Leidner to throw far side ball in and out of the hands of KJ May I believe yep what are they going to say no they're going to call it a catch Tyree Simmons was right there no they call it an interception and now one official comes in and says no the ball hit the ground one official pointed an interception Ram offense coming running in motion far side inside handoff Leidner he tried to get get rid of it ball is loose on the turf around the 11 Ram ball on the right, snap on the money, kick on the way, and that kick is good. So at the five, the 10, now let's make it Myrick. Myrick spun around and down he goes, just over the 16 at the 17 yards and a pick. Play action, a bullet, it's caught by Hansley, the 30, he may go, the sideline, the 10, the five, touchdown Rams! 49. Veteran, he's been here before. Leidner, a slant, ball broken up by Todd. Kick, the snap, kick on the way, has the distance. This game is tied. All right, y'all, that's all we have for today's podcast. We'll be back with another edition on Friday, Saturday. Have a, an official Arkansas, just really just like a Mountain West preview pick em podcast for Friday. Post game reaction podcast Saturday evening. You, a lot of you will probably listen to that on Sunday or Monday. But we will be back with all kinds of CSU coverage moving forward. Thank you to everyone that subscribed. Uh, I posted on Twitter that we are going to be traveling for all the conference games. So unfortunately, won't be able to go to the Arkansas game. I'll be watching that from Fort Collins just like you guys. But still be able to cover it. Still get some some post-game comments and stuff like that. I'll just call over won't be a huge deal but we will be at all the conference games which i'm really stoked about it's just gonna do great things for our coverage and i think we've gotten off to a great start here with bsn rams over the first you know six weeks or so but it's only going to go up from here both with what we're doing up here in fort collins and just what the entire staff is doing throughout the state so really big things stoked to be here stoked to have such a loyal fan base that supports all of our content Shout out to all of you guys. Hope you have a fun weekend and hope that you watch a lot of college football.